what's he doing? Waiting for the host to start this meeting. I want to send him a message. What up? So what'd you click on? The wrong one, Brian? No, I just closed it and reopened it. Oh. Weird. It's a pebcack air if I ever heard uh, one. I think it's Z-Skiller. I bet you Z-Skiller internet access is causing that. Hello, my friends. Thank you for joining us for the PebCAC Podcast, a weekly information security show featuring some all-around good people. It is officially week four of 2022 and week 57 of 2021 if you work at Microsoft. It stopped raining here in California, and for the vast majority of the state, we are no longer in a drought. I'm Chris Louie, and speaking of droughts, with me, I have my co-host Brian Deach, who chooses to live in the middle of a desert. I am so stoked right now to tell you guys, you can't see this, but I'm reading the show notes. Chris actually said that I, I choose to live in the middle of a desert. So I actually live in a desert, which is only one S, Chris. So uh, it was <laughs> you know, my, my first chance to bust your balls. Normally, from a grammatical standpoint, you kill it. But anyways, yeah, welcome to the show, everyone. Yeah, well, that's what you get when you type up the show notes at 1.30 in the morning the night before. You would think that Google notes would like correct that you know yeah i have grammarly installed but our show notes running document has gotten so long every time i ask grammarly to check it it crashes so i just turned off grammarly for this this doc but yeah google should have caught bad google bad google do evil no kidding do evil google And we have Glenn Medina back on this week. Welcome back to our first XZ Scaler employee co-host. Trader. Hey everyone. <laughs> thanks. Hi everyone. Welcome back and thanks for joining us. Happy to be back for podcast lucky number 44. I don't know if you guys know, but four is my most favorite number. I was out last week taking care of some personal items and happy to be back recording with Chris and Brian again. I, it sounds like I missed a really good show last week uh, when I was listening to it this morning. So speaking of 44, so Chinese New Year or Lunar New Year is coming up and four in most Asian cultures is extremely unlucky. So I want to hear your thoughts on why that's your favorite number. It's a good thing I don't identify with being Asian. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, yeah, so it, it was four was always my number um, for sports. So when I ran cross country and track, I always picked number four and I think it was number four because if you look at the sizes between one and 29 is what they had or one and 99, the lower single digit numbers were always the small sizes on the high school on the high school teams. So I always chose number four. Yeah, I had that problem. I was like always number like 44 instead of number four, <laughs> which makes complete sense. It's still like that to this day. But uh, what was your, 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 your fastest one mile run? Uh, five minutes. Yeah, my fastest two mile was a ten oh five. Yeah, and that still wasn't fast enough to win. Asian lightning over here, (laughs) although you don't identify as Asian. I doubt I could do a five minute run in the hundred yard dash today. So let's (laughs) let's just remember that. (laughs) Well, we had a guest cancel last minute today, so just the three of us combined. We have decades of information security experience and are here not just to educate but to entertain. We've got four awesome stories for you this week, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. For opening topic, for some reason, Brian found it fascinating that I have two rabbits as house pets, and he wanted to save rabbit talk for a topic on the podcast. So here we go, Brian. What's so intriguing about owning rabbits as pets? 
So before we can even do that, we have to talk about the elusive twofer that we're about to get on the show notes. So he is calling. Oh, did you just fix it, you cheater? He had it had it his brain. No, you still, still have, yeah, you, you have it as brain. Look at that. So yeah, dessert, desert, and Brian or brain. There you go. Any everyone. Anyway, so yeah, so apparently Chris uh, lack all common sense and logic actually has rabbits as pets. And like, to me, that's, that's lunch. I don't understand it. And, th- and on top of that, these rabbits like destroy his house too. I'm like, I would have spiked that thing like a football. I don't understand why hey, you have a rabbit is it be as nice, a be nice to the animals there, Brian. It's not Brain. a dog. It's a, it's yeah. It's a snack. I used to shoot those yeah. things as a kid so- all the time. So I got a story about rabbits, right? And I'm going to take this take this a little here. My my middle daughter, I think, was 14, and we were at Disneyland. And she was having a fit or a conniption. I can't remember if she was 12 or 14. But anyways, she was asking for a rabbit while we're in the middle of Disneyland. She was crying, unconsolable. And she says, I said, what would make you happy? And she goes, I want a rabbit. And she just broke down crying. I said, well sure we can get a rabbit and she was like really and i said yeah just know that after about six months we're gonna eat it so that way it doesn't go to waste (laughs) and she just started crying again and my wife gave me that look like you're so bad you're a terrible father thanks for making (laughs) it worse yeah i know so anyways at the end of all that it wasn't it wasn't a rabbit that she wanted she wanted an iphone so that i think that's when she ended up getting her iphone did you get played she said you up I got, so well. I got played bad. I got played bad. <laughs> so. All I know is sales for sure. Yeah. Chris, if you ever go on vacation, I house sit, you're going to have two dead rabbits. Actually, you won't even have them. These won't be there anymore. I'm going to Dwight shoot that thing. <laughs> I don't doubt Put that. Misery. Ra- Brian's going to be wearing a, a rabbit skin coat and eat that rabbit stew while we're gone. I'll, like, I just want the lucky rabbit's feet so I can rub them. So. I, I'm literally on the fence right now. Like I can't even decide like what's worse, a cat or a rabbit. Cause dog is like the pinnacle. Like you can't get any better. I know that Sarah would probably disagree with us and say that horses are better, but yeah, man, like cats, like, like your house catches on fire, right? Dog's going to wake you up. The cat's going to just leave. And the rabbit is this, this is charcoal at this point. I have no idea what a <laughs> rabbit even brings to the table. <laughs> oh, they're cute. They're cuddly. They, they actually, many of them don't like to cuddle with you because they are prey animals. They are naturally afraid of things that are bigger than at them as they should be. But they're they're good pets. They're a lot more work than you would think. So what happens around Easter time is parents buy their kids rabbits because that's the Easter animal. And then they find out how much work it takes to maintain and raise a rabbit. And then they automatically go to the pound after that, which is quite unfortunate. So that's why the messaging is rabbits are pets they're not gifts but they're they have personality they can do tricks they can be trained we've trained arsa to run through an obstacle course Uh, they can live quite long we have one that's 11 years old and if you get them fixed their lifespan for this particular breed is between 8 and 12 years so getting getting up there but they can live as long as as some of the medium-sized dogs so there's one thing that me and rabbits have in common and it's that you know, like when I go into the ocean, I always feel like something's trying to eat me. So maybe that's what's going on with them when they're sitting in your lap. They're afraid you're going to eat them because that's what you should do, Chris. <laughs> yeah, no rabbits do in this house. Yeah, when they when they cross the Rainbow Bridge, we give them a proper send off. So not not food. 
So you're not going to skin them and try to keep them lucky rabbit's foot ornament yeah rabbit's foot something on the wall just to remember you know hoppy yeah. no homeboy got his last rabbit cremated like what the heck man oh, he did. <laughs> like and then i think he made like some sort of garlic seasoning out of it at least that's what i would have done <laughs> this must be a cultural thing cultural yeah, thing is it or am i just yeah could be yeah, a lot of people had rabbits as pets. When when I tell people I have rabbits as pets, and a lot of people say, "Oh yeah, I had rabbits when growing up," or they might even have them today. A, a couple of my wife's coworkers have rabbits as pets as well. What are your so, rabbits' names? So they're all named after breakfast foods. So the first two that we got are <laughs> food, cakes and waffles. food, food. <laughs> Good job, Chris. <laughs> So pancakes and waffles, they were a bonded pair. Then next came pancetta, which I wanted to name bacon, but since it was a girl, we had to name her pancetta. And our newest one is flapjack. You have four? Uh, two currently. The other two have crossed the rainbow bridge. Look at him. He's tearing up. Oh, the baby's so sad. (laughs) Oh, the baby going to cry. You miss your little wabbit. Uh... (laughs) <laughs> Poor Chris. All right, that's enough. Let's stop trolling Chris and let's get to topic number one. <laughs> All right, for our first topic, well, listeners, I can officially announce that Heck has free- frozen over. According to Russian state-owned news agency, eight people allegedly involved in the Revol ransomware gang were hit with charges by a court in Moscow last week. So Russia's Federal Security Service, often referred to as the FSB, conducted a raid on 25 locations in Russia looking for the purveyors of ransomware. The FSB said in a statement that 20 luxury cars, 426 million rubles, $600,000 and 500,000 euros were seized during the raids. For those of you longtime listeners, you already know that Revo was responsible for some of the most disruptive and most destructive ransomware attacks, including Kaseya, and JBS Foods. Revil is responsible for deploying ransomware on more than 175,000 computers and allegedly brought in at least $200 million in ransom payments. The Russian FSB also scooped up the alleged mastermind behind the Colonial Pipeline attack, which crippled the gas supply for over a week in the eastern U.S. And that was the Dark Side crew, not the Revil crew, but there are believed to be close ties between Revil and Darkseid. So do we seriously trying to say that we have an AAGC all around good country by the name of Russia now doing like the bidding of, of good human beings? Is that what I'm hearing? So there are some theories of why Moscow picked these guys up. One is that Russia is creating a lot of disturbance in Ukraine right now and to please the Western uh, countries that they they're all appearing to crack down on ransomware and saying see we're actually doing good but at the same time we're messing around in ukraine so don't look over there that's that's <laughs> one theory oh by the way we're keeping the money and we're gonna bomb you huh. yeah it, and this is great news for the good guys right but here's a question what where do these gangs go is there like do, is there like a, a a gulag that they're going to end up at and then what's the follow-up story on this um, maybe maybe they work for the FSB now, like they do. Could be take a page out could of one of red books. Can you imagine? Like yeah. this is like if this is a a meme I've ever heard of one. This is like this would be bad luck, Brian. Right, moves to Russia to conduct illegal activities. 
FSB bust him. <laughs> and then, and Just then they, you think you're you know, safe. You ever watch Little Nikita where they turn you into a spy and then now you end up doing all their dirty work? So, yeah. I have an irrational yeah. fear of like women that can kill for some reason. I don't understand why. Like every once in a while we'll put a show on and it's like this is psychopath on there and it's a lady and she's doing like the evil bidding of people. And I just like turn it off. My wife's like, you don't like this, do you? I'm like, no, I don't understand. Like they're, they're just too close to like you. Like what if you decided like just, you know, chop me up one day, put on Dexter, not a problem, <laughs> but let's go. Right. But when it comes to women doing evil stuff, it, it weirds me out. It's interesting. Not as interesting as owning freaking rabbits as pets. <laughs> <laughs> not well, going to let that go, are you, Brian? <laughs> Definitely not. I almost drove my, my truck into a wall when he told me this. I, I couldn't even believe it. I was so distracted. <laughs> <laughs> He's so perturbed. I almost made Brian crash. So I, I wonder in Russia if they have the equivalent of Club Fed like we have here in, in the U.S. And for, for those of you who don't, who don't know, Club Fed is like federal prison, but it's minimum security prison. Like you can go and leave and come back as you want. There are you know, tennis courts there. It's where they send a lot of white collar criminals or rich people with connections. They're technically in prison serving their time, but you know, are they really? So I'm wondering if that's where Russia is sending them. So they can appear to be tough on crime and says you're spending eight years in prison, but they send you off to some club fed and you play tennis and Xbox for eight years and serve out your time there. That or the other conspiracy, that or the other conspiracy conspiracy theory is that they end up getting recruited to do their own little dirty work in Russia. Right. So sorry. Yeah, pretty much. Brian said he just recruit them. I figured it out. Russia has been hit with like crazy inflation. So they're just going after these ransomware guys to help offset that, this, you know, that, that those crazy new expenses because like 420 million or 426 million rubles is like $5.8 million. I think I had to Google it real quick. That's that's or 5.5 million. That's a lot of, that's a lot of scratch right there. Yeah. But that doesn't make a dent into what Vladimir Putin has saved up for his retirement account. No, no, you have to think like Putin, like the FSB to him is like, you know, it's like a side gig, right? Like he doesn't really care. It's like Elon with his like, I got Tesla, but I also got this SpaceX thing that I do on the side. It's no big deal, right? Whatever. But I'm really curious about the 20 luxury cars because are luxury cars in Russia the same as they are here? Or is it like, man, they got a hold of like four, like, uh, ford uh fiestas right and you're like well, that's not a luxury car like you find those on the side of the road here everywhere well to them it is yeah, yeah. perspective well, i guess def- well it's not the kia telluride that's for sure it's <laughs> a nice car yeah, sure so ukraine also announced that they arrested five people in connection with ongoing ransomware operations targeting over 50 companies and back in December, 51 data brokers who sold the details to 300 million people, they were scooped up. And in November, five phishing actors who hacked into Apple and Samsung uh, were also scooped up. So maybe we're seeing the tide turn that law enforcement is now catching these guys. And uh, like you said, it's one thing to catch them. It's another thing to prosecute them and throw them in jail and make an example out of them. So time will tell whether or not this is actually effective or not. All right, for our next topic... Crypto.com, an online cryptocurrency exchange, 
Uh, they were allegedly hacked and thieves made off with about $15 million in Ethereum. For those of you who don't know, Crypto.com spent about a billion dollars, so that's a billion with a B, they spent a billion dollars in marketing to really get their name out there and to really expand the platform. So they hired Matt Damon to be their spokesperson, and he made a commercial for them. The arena where the Los Angeles Lakers and the Los Angeles Clippers, formerly known as the Staples Center, has been renamed to the Crypto.com Stadium for the next 20 years. So you can see that that's where they're spending their money. Well, Crypto.com is denying that any customer funds were stolen, but some customers are reporting on Twitter and blockchain forensic companies are reporting that the thieves took about $15 million in Ethereum and immediately sent it to a Tumblr service to launder the money and make it harder to trace. So as the famous bank robber Willie Sutton said, you know, why do I rob banks? I rob banks because that's where the money is. Are cryptocurrency exchanges the new banks for the 21st century? So do you think that when crypto.com like bought the uh, the building in LA, the arena, do you think they actually paid for it in, in cold hard cash or did they pay in Bitcoin? No, I think they, they probably had to buy it in cash or lease it, the naming rights in cash. I don't think there's any company out there that would take their their cryptocurrency. They have their own coin. It's, it's crypto.com coin crc they, they don't yeah. buy the building right the staples center is not a it's they don't buy the building they just buy the rights to put their name on the building yeah the naming rights so oracle yeah. park petco park all those city field same Never same idea that's because you don't watch <laughs> professional sports <laughs> just kidding man all right so here's my conspiracy right i think that the 15 million dollars was hijacked but crypto.com like they, they don't want anyone to know about this. So any any money that was actually taken, any of that Ethereum that was actually taken, I think they're just cutting into their own wallet and reimbursing people and making it right is what I'm thinking. And then the next thing, I, I had shared this with you guys. I want to actually get a, a, a blockchain security certific certification. That's, one of the, that's on my bucket list for the next like 60 days to study up for that. And it uh, makes me wonder how it would be applicable in my own job right now but, you know, blockchain forensics, right? That could be pretty, pretty telling if you ask me. But wasn't that the whole point about blockchain it was the fact that you can't, you can't, it's, it's unhackable, right? Or I guess nothing's unhackable, but the whole idea is that it's pretty, it's pretty safe to begin with when you get a whole bunch of these services to agree with each other. Well, until your digital wallet's been poked in the butthole, like... Yeah, this is the reason why you should have, I, I guess this is the number one reason if you have any amount of money you're not comfortable losing should be stored in a hardware crypto wallet. Yeah, hardware crypto wallet, cold storage, like you print out a QR code or you can print out your recovery phrase. And this is actually what the Winklevoss twins did. So the alleged you know co-founders of, of Facebook, they bought a ton of Bitcoin. They got the private key for their wallet that has you know, billions, literally billions of dollars in it. And they spread it amongst several safety deposit boxes throughout the U.S. So it's extremely secure, but a huge pain if you ever want to get at, at the money. So it's all, it's all offline and it's, it's so, unhackable. So I, I, I didn't read, but I, I didn't read the article. But is it $15 million of other people's money or is it $15 million of Crypto.com's money? This other is people. customer money. Yeah, so this is customers' money. money. Crypto.com, they already said they came out. If you had funds stolen, we'll make you whole. That's okay. not a problem. Like, 
without a doubt, they're going to make people whole. The problem is they're not admitting that that their their money was stolen, but the blockchain forensics say otherwise. So they're they might be trying to cover themselves because they don't want to seem insecure. The alleged way that they were hacked was these hackers found a way to bypass username, password, and multi-factor authentication. They found some type of authentication bypass to get into people's accounts. They they said they plugged the hole. We don't know exactly how they did it yet, but that was the hack. They logged into the user's account, sent the money out, and it's gone for good. I heard I'm the password was Brian. bunnies take the rainbow road, apparently. That's how they <laughs> circumvented all the security. Uh, here's a dumb question, or maybe an obvious one, but uh, maybe not everyone knows. So when we talk about cold storage, the way that I perceive that to be would be I'm going to take it out of, you know, crypto.com or Coinbase and I'm going to put it into a hardware wallet. It's offline. Or is there another level to it when it comes to, to cold storage? Can't you print off the, the code as well and leave it in, in paper form? Yeah, exactly. So the, if you get the private key, then you can print that out and then that's your, your wallet. So as long as it's not online in an exchange where someone can immediately send it out if you get hacked, then that's not, not hot or warm storage. So cold storage would be offline. So on a hardware wallet or printed on old fashioned paper. But in either case, you'd still have to have the, the 24 unique pass, uh, pass phrases to be able to leverage either the private key or the hardware wallet. Correct. The 24 word recovery phrase actually builds your private key. So you could have one or the other and you would be able to achieve the same thing. Bunnies. Pancetta, yeah. waffles, <laughs> struple. Pancake and waffles. Yeah, we, yeah, know, that's, what, yeah. we, we know what 24 words are going to come for Chris's, uh, for, for Chris's crypto. So, so you can guess. Storage. As, as I was anxiously awaiting uh, my, le- my Ledger Nano X to come in and I was researching, like creating like the 24 words, I was like, all right, I need to think of stuff that I wouldn't ever think about, right? So I took the time and I uh, sat there and I was like, all right, you know, 24 words that should never be associated with me, or maybe they would, right? And I got them all written down and then, you know, getting it written, had it laminated and I put it in my safe and then the thing gets here and it generates the 24 words. You don't get a say in it. It's like, gosh, dang it. This way it wasted a bunch of time that uh, had no need for. Yeah. Well, you could use that as your super secure password to protect your, your Bitcoins. True. Just 24 word. I mean, it would probably take a, supercomputer centuries to crack 24 words like that is there a minimum length on those as well on those words i think it's like they're, five they're, is the smallest right yeah they're pre-selected so the words the actual words are pre-selected and i think they have i want to is it i think it's 12 24 and 48 word recovery phrases so 12 unique words would be the the lowest all right in our ransomware story of the week, Nordic Choice Hotels got hit with ransomware, and you guessed it, guests were not able to check in, get into their hotel rooms, and the staff were not even able to control the HVAC temperature inside their hotels. As per usual, the attack began with a phishing link sent to an unsuspecting user who clicked on it and installed a remote access Trojan on the corporate network. You all know where this is going, so why are we talking about it? Nordic Choice Hotels decided to recover from backup, but they had their data leaked online since they didn't pay the ransom. Due to GDPR rules, there would be mandatory reporting requirements and fines associated with that. The significant part of this story and key takeaway here is that the hotel chain has made the brilliant move to switch from Windows 
to Chrome OS as the primary defense against another attack. Sure, they will invest more in incident response and cyber defenses, but their absolute best bang for the buck investment is to move away from Windows. So those of us in the security world always joke that this will be the year of Linux, or the year people finally switch away from Windows. But Nordic Choice Hotels finally put their money where their mouth is and moved to Chrome OS. Now, Brian, we all know how you feel about Google, the maintainers of the Chrome OS. What's worse, sticking with Windows when you don't have to, or running Google's operating system? It's like picking between cancer and AIDS, you know? I don't know. Let's go with... <laughs> let's, let's, we'll, <laughs> got him. It just clicked with Glenn. He's, he's laughing. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. That's, that's, a, that's a tough one to, to figure out. By the way, is, is Nordic... Choice Hotels, the same as Choice Hotels in the U.S.? Choice Hotels is the parent company, and then Nordic is the one that operates in the Nordic countries. It's their subsidiary. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Look at that. It's in, you, you, we have a three for everyone. He called me Brain again. This is awesome. My life is good to go. Poor, poor Chris. <laughs> I've had somebody mess with my autocorrect settings on my, on my Mac. Like, maybe have you ever guys ever done that have you has someone handed you their unlocked phone and you go into their keyboard settings and every you do the autocorrect so every time they type now it types meow like that super trooper skit yeah yeah my yeah, kids had done that yeah. my kids had done that to me where i put girls and it would replace it with this whole paragraph and i'd have to sit there and try to backspace it all or undo and it's like who the hell did this and it took me a couple days to figure that out and i was like ugh. It was really bad. My son had configured his phone that if you you text him on "Do Not Disturb," it didn't matter what you sent him, it, it it would write back like the lyrics to a song, like this this massive text message coming in. So annoying. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so Chrome OS never gonna give you up. <laughs> never gonna. Yeah. So Chrome OS is safer. I mean, because that's all—it's at the end of at the end of the day, it's all Google, right? It's all sitting in the cloud service. So yes, yes but it's no. not subject to any of the huge ransomware as a service crews ransomware. That's that's the biggest difference. The vast no. majority, greater than 95 percent, I could safely say ninety five percent of the malware out there is written for Windows. There's Yes, there's some malware for Mac. Yes, there's some malware for Linux, but the overwhelming majority, and that's just due to the Windows market share. Like you go yeah. where the money is. Yeah, so if you yeah. write your code for Windows, it hits this Chrome OS box. It doesn't know what to do. It's just going to shut down. Yeah, I mean, yeah, back in the day, problems. yeah, back in the day, that's why people bought Apple because no one was writing malware for for Mac, right? So it's going to come. It's a matter of yeah, time. To some extent, that's still true. I mean, even after. Uh, Apple switched the M1 architecture. A lot of the Intel-based malware didn't work anymore. So now the malware authors had to retool and build their malware for ARM processors or make it Rosetta compatible. So I think switching to an M1 processor is actually a security feature. Um, hmm. Talking about just like random stuff, like regarding Macs and whatever, just watched a video of like some dude, his uh, Power Mac Pro G4. He's it's like, it's literally 20 years old. He's like, I took it off the charger 100% CPU or a battery um, charge, original battery. I unplugged it. I left it on the table. It's in sleep mode. Came back to it 12 hours later, opened it up, and it was still at like 77%. I'm like, they just don't make them like they used to anymore. 
Yeah, that's true. I have an original TG iPhone, though the battery doesn't last more than three minutes on a full charge. Oh, wow. What kind of phone is it? The original iPhone, the 2G. Oh, 2G. Even before the iPhone 3, yeah. Do you use it to discipline your bunny with, or what? I used to use it as an alarm clock, actually. Once again, Chris, the most frugal man in the world. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Got a perfectly good uh, old iPhone here. <laughs> we just leave plugged in like we would a normal <laughs> alarm clock. Why would we buy an alarm clock? Yeah, that was until I had kids, and then every time it would wake me up, it would wake the kid up, and everyone would have a bad day when the kid wakes up. You just got to train know. them to wake up early. That's all. <laughs> going back to your question, Chris, I think I'm probably going to stick on Windows in this case. I, I don't even know. Like, if you're on Google Chrome OS, like, I feel like you kind of get what you pay for. You're probably harvesting some information from you, whether you know it or not. I could be wrong. But I guess what, what do you need it to do? Web 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 into some management system your story i mean what 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 are you really script doing inside of of chrome os to manage that that can't get that and probably no one's going to want to check their email on a chrome os book right or device maybe that's part of it is no one's going to use chrome os anyway to to to, to do email well if everything's web-based and SaaS based and cloud-based now there's really no good reason to have windows you could have a linux box with a browser on it that would be just as good but i mean the management tools for chrome os are actually pretty good like i know some customers that have a fleet of chromebooks and yeah their management their management capabilities are, are really strong uh, and that and if there's all your apps are built into google cloud then there's yeah there's really no good reason that you should have windows anymore yeah i agree i think the browsers are the way to go definitely definitely the way to go yeah i mean we're i mean out of all the applications that are being uh, created today they're all web-based i mean that's where everything's kind of headed and api based so i guess it's just a matter of time i i would agree with you that uh google's management platform for chrome books is pretty good i had to mess with it when uh we went into lockdown and i had to get a chromebook for my daughter that was a little bit nothing short of a nightmare but just because there was a, a lack of depth, like you could, like it was really kind of heavy-handed controls. But I can see how maybe if I had bought her a higher-end Chromebook, I would have had a better user experience. I don't know. No, yeah, still especially the their enterprise stuff. <laughs> I think Google Workspace enterprise stuff is is pretty powerful. Yeah, I, my, so I, I've got three three girls are all in college. They all went to high school. They all use Google in some form or fashion. They continue to use Google right as part of their school platform, and I gave them Chromebooks or I, I let them access Chromebooks and they would rather do their work, you know, within their G Suite stuff within their Mac devices because it was just so much better. Keyboards are better. Visual displays better. Everything's so much better than a Chromebook. It's got to be a really high-end Chromebook. I haven't seen one. Have you guys seen one? The Google Pixel books are pretty nice. They're about a thousand bucks and they're, they're pretty high-end. They have nice screens good processors maybe samsung's going to make one that does the foldable screen without a keyboard <laughs> it just wraps around your arm so you can use yes. it as a defense mechanism that's right writing google's collected so much information on you they can type it just by you thinking it that's right Neuralink, baby 
for our last topic, and it will be a rotating topic every week. This week, we're going to talk about a marriage between end-to-end -end encrypted communications and cryptocurrency. Signal is the leader in encrypted communication apps, and not to break OPSEC, but some people on this podcast may or may not use it to securely communicate. The developers of the Signal app added a feature to the app which allows people to send the privacy-focused cryptocurrency called MobileCoin to each other. Now, what could possibly go wrong? There are already privacy-focused cryptocurrencies such as Zcash or Zcash for our international listeners, and Monero. There are, also, there are great end-to-end -end encrypted messaging apps. Both have been living in relative harmony separately. I feel that marrying secure encrypted communications with an untraceable payment is going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back, and governments around the world will start bringing down the ban hammer. You're not wrong. I can see that happening in a, in a blink of an eye. Yeah, I mean, Venmo, if you look at, I, I've seen Venmo being used as a way to communicate and share, and share money. And I think they just started taking Bitcoin as well now, right? Or cryptocurrencies. So that should be interesting if they, if Venmo goes the other way and, and does more of the message, secure messaging platform, because they already have the, the ability for, you know, encrypted, you know, money transactions. So at the, at the height of the pandemic, everybody, at least in Arizona, was going out and buying campers so they can go drive out in the middle of the woods and go have a nice night's sleep. And then as a side hustle, they were renting those things out to kind of, you know, make the payment and make a little bit of money. While the primary method of, of taking payment for a majority of people uh, doing this, at least in the group of people that I talked to, was Venmo. So now that you have to declare any deposit, I think either over five or 600 bucks uh, through Venmo as like a, as a form of income. Uh, there is a sale on mobile homes in Arizona. Like the, the trailers <laughs> is all I can tell you right now. And I, I had, I had always thought that they were going to go on sale because they were so hard to find um, <clears throat> towards August, I believe. And then, then I started to think, well, eventually these people are going to, you know, go back to their regular lives and need to start traveling again. They won't need these big old trailers and, the headache. I had no idea that the idea of having to, you know, pay taxes on this would, uh, I, I kind of assumed they just did, right. You know, you're going to run it like a legitimate business, do it. But apparently, uh, that was not the case. Yeah. So my pool guy, I, I, I used to, you know, I have, I have a pool now and I've got service and it's chem only. And he was having me pay him monthly for the service. And he says, Hey, when you do this, please don't write pool service because venmo picks up on the word service and thinks that it's an incoming it's an income so now i just put thanks for the you know water <laughs> or something yeah. like that happy birthday thanks for the yeah happy yeah. birthday yeah the red meat salad yeah well i guess the good news here is we just start taking uh what's it called mobile coin over yeah. signal you, you can keep your trailer that's right there you go yeah, have people convert over to that and have it be untraceable that way. Pro tip: if if any listeners are out there wanting a trailer, go to go to where Brian lives in Arizona. I'm sure there's a good sale, and and for the small fee of ten percent, Brian can help broker that deal for you. Yeah, right. Well, here's the the weird part, right? Like, <clears throat> it would make sense that Signal and Mobile Coin could take off, but the the challenge, right, is the the confidence of 
I am willing to hook up my credit card or I'm willing to hook up my bank account to this. Like it took me forever to ever even consider using Venmo. And I don't think it was, I think did PayPal ever buy them? Yeah, they're owned by PayPal. I think once PayPal got their, their media little hooks into it, then I was like, all right, it's not that bad of a deal. But even then we still use it with a, a card that has a really low limit. And once you hit that threshold, there's nothing I can do. You guys take Zelle, like got to do something else instead. I'm not so concerned about the fraud that occurs with Venmo. It's it's more of the privacy concern that PayPal's collecting massive amounts of data on how people spend their money and then how are they going to use it? They are a for-profit company. Peer-to-peer payments are free on Venmo. And like we always say, if it's free, then you are the product. But how's that different than any other service that's out there, though? Right? I think everyone's collecting data in some form, some fashion. Like if sure I if I look at my bank statement, yeah, yeah, I look at my bank statement. I never ask them, and they tell me, "Hey, you do a lot of shopping, right? Or you, you know, you do a lot. You buy a lot of gas, or you buy a lot of from Costco." It's like, listen, I, I don't need you to tell me that. I I just need you to just shut up and collect my money, and 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 hold my money for me. I can see uh, Wells Fargo right now. Like, hey, Brian, we noted definitively in December you will have achieved the, your goal of uh, gaining 32 pounds over the, the holiday break. And we know this <laughs> from the last 10 years of how you, your grocery purchases and what you do. Well, we continue to get great comments about our dad joke of the week. Dad joke of the week. This week, Brian is up. So did you guys hear about the dude who invented the knock-knock joke? No. no. He won the Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> That's a good nice. one. That's a true dad joke. Brian. <laughs> Come in and Good clutch. one. That's it. All right. To wrap things up, Heck has frozen over and Russia arrested the Revol ransomware crew. Crypto.com was hacked and denying customer funds were stolen through forensics say otherwise nordic choice hotels made the bold move to switch from windows to chrome os and hiding anonymous payments in an end-to-end encrypted messaging app is just asking for trouble that's all we have for this week we hope you enjoyed this week's episode you can find us all on linkedin links will be in the description follow us on instagram at pebcat podcast Thank you to all our listeners and subscribers who rated us five stars in the iTunes store and Spotify and left us a review. We appreciate you all spreading the word to help grow the show. The best way to find us is to search for the PebCAC podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. For my co-host, Brain Deach in Glen Medina, I'm Chris Louie. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next week. And as always, have a nice day. Later, Brain. Thank you all. Appreciate it. And in other news, the account manager that covers Choice Hotels has formally retired after taking in $7.5 million in commissions. Have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs>